I ask you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 12. Really excited about what this message says this morning. As we think about Mary, I want to ask you this morning, do you love Jesus like Mary did? And I'm talking about Mary, the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus, who we saw last week was raised from the dead. Let's go to God in prayer and begin our message this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you do. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for everyone that's here. And help us, Lord, to do what is right. Help us to be thinking about you and less of ourselves. And help us to live lives of integrity. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning, instead of going a little bit at a time in the Scripture, I'm going to go ahead and read this block of Scripture and then go back and we'll break it down. Gen, uh, John chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Jesus says, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. I've talked to you before about the, the harmonies of the gospel. And it's interesting that this passage of Scripture, this event is also in Matthew and in Mark, as shown in your bulletin. But this is not the same story that we see in Luke. In Luke, it is a woman of sinful reputation who's come in, and she's uh, uh, anointing Jesus. And the, the man who owns the house, Simon, uh, says that uh, if... He really knew who this woman was. He wouldn't let her touch him like she is. This is a totally different situation. However, we do see in Scripture that Matthew and Mark say that this is the house of Simon the leper. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. The Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, does not contain every single thing that Jesus did. It would be impossible to do so. In fact, the book of John even tells us that. This man, Simon the leper, is only mentioned in this passage of Scripture. We don't see him anywhere else. But obviously, he is a man that Jesus has healed, and out of gratitude, he has brought him in. So imagine the atmosphere in this dinner when you have a man who is healed of leprosy and a man who's raised from the dead. you talking about some thanksgiving. That's some thanksgiving right there. Matthew and Mark say it took place in the house of Simon. Uh, John only says it took place where Lazarus was. 
Only John calls Lazarus, Mary, and Martha by name. The other two writers did not. They all mentioned the expense of this particular ointment that was used. But here's something that's interesting. Matthew says, she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. Mark also said, poured it on his head. And then John emphasized the part about pouring it on his feet and wiping his feet with her hair. And when you combine both all three of these accounts, you recognize that Mary basically has anointed both his head and his feet, and it was an act of pure love. Think about it. The money that was uh, could have been reached or raised because of this ointment that she used, 300 denarii, a year's wages, but yet she spent it all on Jesus Christ because she loved him so. So I want to give you some statements this morning about how that she gave. First of all, number one, she gave, and I'm going to give you these words one at a time. First of all, she gave lovingly. She gave this offering because of her great love for Jesus Christ. Even before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, we know that Jesus loved this family. They were very close. When they came to tell Jesus that Lazarus was sick in chapter 11, they said, the one that you love is sick. She did not give out of obligation. She did not give because she felt uh, that she had to. She gave this gift to him because she was so thankful to him. And I want to ask you this morning, how thankful are you to Jesus Christ? The next word you want to write down, number one, is the word abundantly. She didn't give a, a little dab here and a little dab there, which would have been nice to begin with. But she gave it all. She took that container and she emptied it. She gave all of it to Jesus Christ. She gave abundantly and she gave sacrificially. These three words, Jesus says, is what... Uh, we should be doing in Luke chapter 6. He says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use will be the measure back to you. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you to give to get. That's the message of some churches. Uh, they believe in this. Uh, if, if you want something, then you give God something. He gives you something in return as a, a way of saying thank you for what you gave him. Listen, God owns everything already. Okay? So we are given to him not because he needs it, but because we need to be obedient. We need to give in a way that is loving, sacrificial. And so as we do this, Jesus says that this is what it looks like. And then the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I remember years ago working in Emerson electric plant down in Russellville and every once in a while they would come by and take up an offering for somebody that was either sick or they had uh, some kind of a tragedy like their house burned or whatever the case may be 
And, and here's how they would do it. They would come by and they'd say, give me a dollar. I said, give you a dollar for what? We're taking up a collection. Well, why are you telling me what to give you? Well, this way, it's just easy. Everybody give a dollar and then it's done. But what if I want to give you more? Well, you don't have to. I understand that. But what if I want to give you more? Why do you just want a dollar? Why are you limiting this? If you're asking for an offering, why are you just saying, just give me a buck? I mean, who, if you think about who has a dollar and who has more and wants to give more, why are you diminishing the opportunity by saying, just give me a buck and we'll get this over with? That's not the right attitude. You don't give because you're trying to get it over with. You give because you're trying to make a difference. You give because you're trying to minister. You give because you're making a difference in that person's life. And that's what Mary did. She gave lovingly, abundantly, and sacrificially. Number two, she did not put on a show for others to see. When she gave, even though this was such a magnitude of a gift... And even though there were some other people gathered around, she did not do this as a way to say, hey, everybody, look at me. Look what I'm doing. Her focus was on Jesus Christ and Jesus only. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now, there's this trend that's going on right now, and I can't stand it. And I've mentioned it before, and I'll say it again. I cannot stand it when anybody decides to do something good with the intentions of videoing it so they can look like they're doing good. When you do good, do it in private. Don't make a big show of it. Don't have the camera spaced out just right. Don't have the, the script written. Don't go in there and act like you're doing something for their behalf. You're doing it for your behalf. I know a company, you know a company, uh, that uh, they made a decision, they said. We're going to stop advertising. And instead of doing advertising, we're going to do these random acts of kindness. Well, first of all, they're not random. They're planned out. Secondly, not only are they planned out, but they are also videoed and used as an advertising that's free on Facebook instead of paying for newspapers and so forth. Jesus says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to, see, to be seen by them. When we do good, it needs to be like Mary, focused on Jesus for his benefit, for his glory, because we love him, not because we want somebody to see us and say, wow, I wish I could be as spiritual as so-and-so. Number three, she gave in spite of criticism. She did not let the criticism stop her in what she was doing. They began to argue, or not argue, but condemn her. In verse 4, Judas Iscariot asked the question, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor as if he cared about the poor? What's interesting is, is that Matthew says when the disciples saw it, they were indignant. 
and asked why this waste. Mark also emphasizes that the disciples were indignantly asking, why was it wasted like that? Here's what I want you to see. It only takes one bad apple to spoil the bunch. Judas has this negative attitude towards it, and he begins to say, that's a waste. He said it because he wanted to keep the money. But the disciples jumped in and said, yeah, he's right. Why is she wasting all this? Be very careful who you're listening to right now. Be very careful who you allow to influence you. Your giving must be done for God and for God alone. And if you're criticized for being a Christian, Jesus says you should expect that. He said they hated me, and if they hate me, they will hate you. Listen, if God tells us that Jesus was hated because of his message, and if we are loved by our message, then something is wrong. Our message needs to be his message. His message is hard. We talk about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus says, you've heard this. I'm telling you not only this, but also this. And Mark even said that they scolded her for doing so. Can you imagine? Those disciples got in trouble a lot, did they? Remember when they brought the kids to Jesus? You know, I, I love kids, right? Uh, I can just see this picture. Jesus is sitting there and all these kids are coming and they love Jesus and Jesus loved them. And, and the disciples said, hey, 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 y'all get away and leave him alone. And Jesus didn't say, thank you for clearing out the scene for me. Jesus says, hey, leave them alone. Let them come to me. In this case here, Mark says that they scolded her. Stop doing that. Stop wasting that stuff. What are you doing? What are you thinking? And what does Jesus say? Leave her alone. Come on, disciples. Leave her alone. Get your head on right. Start thinking like you should be thinking. What she's doing. In fact, let me go ahead and give you this. Number four, her giving was called beautiful by Jesus. Can you imagine doing something for Jesus and he said, that's beautiful. They, they were scolding her and telling her to stop and that she was wasting it. And yet Jesus says, no, 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 you don't understand. This is beautiful. Now, Again, not only the fact that she was using this expensive ointment. But guys, let me ask you a question. How many times has your wife got down on her knees and taken her hair and, and rubbed your feet? I know that's not going to happen. Don't even shake your head. I see you. Can you imagine? And listen, by Jewish standards, what she did, she took the part of a slave. She took her hair down, which they didn't do, took her hair down and bowed before Jesus and was rubbing his feet with her hair out of love. And Jesus said, what she is doing is beautiful. Beautiful. 
I wonder when was the last time that Jesus saw what we were doing and said, you know what? That's beautiful right there. The fifth statement that I have for you this morning is her giving was necessary. It was necessary. Jesus said in verse 7, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. Now, I remember hearing this message. It wasn't this passage of scripture, but this particular reference was in the message. I want you to think about the day of resurrection. When the ladies are going to the tomb, why are they going to the tomb? They're going to the tomb to anoint the body. But when they get there, the body's not there. Now get this, they were going to anoint the body, the body was not there, but that's okay because Mary anointed Jesus right here. That's what he was saying. She is doing a beautiful thing. She is doing something that is very necessary. She is preparing me for my burial. And again, they didn't have a clue. Every time that Jesus told them that the Son of Man is about to be arrested and crucified and raised from the dead, they could not grasp what he was saying. And instead, they would have arguments like, who's the greatest disciple? Number six, her giving was timed correctly. It was timed correctly. It was at the right time. He says, for the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Now, listen, he's not saying that we don't have Jesus now. He's talking about being there on the earth, walking with them, talking to them, teaching them, correcting them, and so forth. He said, the day is coming. I'm going to be going back to the Father. You need to be ready. And what she's doing now is not only beautiful, but it's necessary because it needs to be done now because I won't always be here. I mean, think about it. His ministry on earth was only three and a half years, approximately. That's not very long at all. And everything that Jesus did in that three years, you know it was cram-packed full of, of, of places to go, people to see, messages to give, and ministry to perform. He says, we got to work for the day is coming, or the day is now, and the night is coming. We've got to do it now while we can. So the timing was right. And finally, her giving was to be remembered forever. Now think about this. She did not do this to get attention. She did not do this to get recorded in history. She did not do this for any other reason other than she loved Jesus Christ and wanted to give the best that she had because she was grateful for what he had done, who he was. And so as she does this, Jesus says in verse 13 of Matthew, truly I say to you, Wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in her memory. And the same thing in Mark. It's beautiful, it's necessary, it's timed correctly, and listen, it will be remembered forever. I was talking to a man the other night at a ball game. 
his t-shirt that he was wearing said, you are the salt of the earth, quoting from Matthew. And I went to him and I said, you know what? I've said for years that when it's all said and done, I want to be known as a salt shaker. And he knew what I meant by that. He started laughing. We are to influence people with the salt and the love of Jesus Christ. The salt is the truth. The grace is the love. We are to share that love and to do it for His glory. I want you to be remembered as a person who loves God and works for God and, and, and loves His church. We've been to so many funerals. And just think about what they're saying about those people and ask yourself, what are they saying about you now and what will they say later? Will they say that you were loving like Jesus? Will, will they say that you were compassionate for the lost like Jesus? Will they say that you served others like Jesus when he washed the feet of his disciples? Mary gave such a powerful example of how to do what is right. Let us follow her example. Again, I take you back to that second verse in Because He Lives. But greater still the calm assurance this child shall face uncertain days because he lives. No matter what we face in 2021, God is still on the throne and His Son, still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Will you join me in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, thank You so much for the recorded words that we have in print as we read them, as we understand them by the enabling of your Holy Spirit and as we apply them as you work through us teach us to be more like Jesus and more like those who were approved by you and less of this world Father I pray for every one of us that's gathered this morning Father that we would know for a fact that we are in right standing with you and if we are not Father, call us to repentance and put us on the right track. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.